0: Happy St. John's Day! For those of you new to us, maybe you found us online, today is a special day in the life of the cathedral. It's the day we celebrate our life together as the community of St. John's. It It is our patronal festival day. Traditionally, this day has been marked by pomp and pageantry and worship and the official welcome back after summer and the kickoff of our program year. This has been the case since this tradition began, a day when parishioners signed up for Sunday school classes for all ages, accompanied by a picnic, fun and games, and a ministry fair. Our wonderful archivist, Linda Hargrave, loaned me an envelope stuffed full of memorabilia from St. John's Day over the years. The open door from 1983 invites one and all to the rally day party as it was once called. The announcement told people to expect music, outdoor theater and a clown who transforms balloons into animal shapes, as well as active non-competitive games requiring absolutely no athletic skill. Friends, those are my kinds of games and let's bring those back in 2021. Also included in Linda's envelope were photos from the 2001 opening and dedication of fabulous new additions to St. John's campus. There are pictures of Sarah Berlin blessing and aspersing the Welcome Center and Elizabeth Randall doing the same in the Garths. And whether the event went by Rally Day, Homecoming, or St. John's Day, It's been a time of reunion, celebration, engagement, and community building. Our most recent iterations have included bounce houses and face painting and choir karaoke and object lessons on effective recycling from the Green Team. St. John's Day has most often included a ministry fair highlighting the many ways to get involved at the cathedral, inside our walls and in our broader community. And while we can't do all of that in person in 2020, all of that information is easy to find on our new website. Whether this day has included a brunch, a pig roast or Torchy's breakfast tacos, it's been a celebration of all that has made this Episcopal community in Capitol Hill thriving and vibrant for over 100 years. St. John's Day has evolved over the years and taken on different forms, and today is no exception. In this current reality of masks and social distancing, we are still finding ways to be community. Some of you, signed up to gather on this very lawn this afternoon. You're bringing your own chair or blanket and will meet with a small group of your fellow parishioners for an hour of in-person conversation, laughter, and seeing at least part of each other's faces. Others of you have signed up to join small groups of folks outside at a parishioner's home or in a park later today. And still others will join Broderick over Zoom to touch base and mark this special day in the life of our community. It may not look like St. John's Day's past, but it is still our patronal festival day when we give thanks for our namesake, St. John the Evangelist, and give thanks St. John's Cathedral and all who make up our community. So other than the usual after service breakfast tacos and ministry fair, what is a patronal festival about? Well, we took a departure from the usual lectionary readings for the day, and we shared instead prayers and scripture specific to the feast day of St. John the Evangelist. St. John, who is symbolized by the eagle for the lofty nature of the gospel attributed to him, the eagle so beautifully rendered in brass on the cathedral's lectern. St. John, son of Zebedee and brother of James, the sons of thunder, who dropped their fishing nets to follow Jesus. St. John, who is referenced as the disciple whom Jesus loved in the reading today and in several other places in John's Gospel. While reclining against Jesus at the Last Supper, at the crucifixion when Jesus asked him to look after Mary, when racing against Peter to see the empty tomb, and he is called that when he is one of the fishermen who miraculously catch 153 fish after a night of empty nets. This sobriquet, beloved disciple, is mentioned only in John, and there are many theories as to why. Rather than ego, it is a form of humility, reminding John that his whole identity is based in Jesus' love for him. Or, it is a way of traveling through his own gospel incognito, taking attention away from himself. Or, it was the lifelong reminder of John's call, the action and life to which he had been summoned by Jesus' words, follow me. Though I think my favorite theory, the one that speaks to me most compellingly, is from Martin Smith, an Episcopal priest and member of the Society of St. John the Evangelist, who writes in lying close to the breast of Jesus that the author of John's gospel may have deliberately obscured the identity of the beloved disciple so that readers of the gospel may better identify with the disciple's relationship with Jesus. Perhaps the disciple is never named, Smith writes, never individualized so that we can more easily accept that he bears witness to an intimacy that is meant for each one of us. The closeness that he enjoyed is a sign of the closeness that is mine and yours because we are in Christ and Christ is in us. So here we are at the intersection of community celebration and Patronal Festival. And they are so beautifully aligned in Smith's understanding of the beloved disciple. We can live into this intimacy with Christ and see Christ within ourselves and in each other. As many of us gather in person today, we will imagine the smiles beneath the masks, strain to hear the mask muffled voices, and look into the eyes above the masks, seeing Christ in the members of our community as they witness Christ in us. We too, with John, are the beloved disciples. Be well, my friends. I miss you.